Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. Join industry experts such as keynote speaker Tiffany Chin, co-founder of Leafs by Snoop at the Elevated Cannabis Marketing Dialogue Summit on June 5th from 6 to 10 p.m. at Toronto's Museum of Contemporary Art. This is your chance to mingle and learn how marketers in the cannabis industry are approaching once-in-a-lifetime challenges by finding creative solutions to meet business goals. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. And this is Leah, co-founder of BakeSmart. Our canicals are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses. <laughs> Hey, Diana, how are you doing today? I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) You don't sound okay. I'm very tired. You sound. Yes. Well, you got a baby. Yes. And And I hear that little baby. Yes. Today's not about women and cannabis. It's about women and and a little baby boy. (laughs) Hey, that's a hard job, being a mama. Yeah. And you got to have your cannabis to help even that out. Right. Exactly. I mean, so it's all relevant. It's a bonus and a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to have the soundtrack so, in the background. Listen to Baby G. He's, he's just laughing at that. He's like, you got it. <laughs> he gets excited about cannabis. He's excited for his mommy to be mellow and happy. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, so speaking of, yeah, everybody wants me to be calm. That's pretty much everyone's goal in life, I think. Who knows me? Um, so <laughs> let's get on track and talk about our favorite things. I'm going to start right. with mine. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of kids and being a mom and all that jazz, <laughs> I came across the coolest little, I shouldn't coolest little, but I came across a very cool project. Um, and it's a kid's book or there's, two, there's a series of children's books, Callie Cannabis really? and Hannah Hemp, it uh-huh. looks like. <laughs> And it's a parenting and family educational resource, and it teaches kids. There's two separate books, but um, it looks like the cannabis one is sold out, but the hemp one is available. And it teaches about the history of hemp and cannabis, and it just is a really great resource for those of us working in the industry who want to break it to our children in a responsible way. As you can tell, someone's excited about the prospect of us getting this book. <laughs> Very excited. So that's my favorite thing. Oh, I should say where you should where you can get the book. That helps, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> so the books, it looks like it, I just want to make sure that I'm 
saying the correct title here. The one I'm speaking of specifically with hemp is called A Healing History of Hemp, Hannah Hemp. And it's a parenting and family educational resource series about the cannabacea plant. And I know I did not pronounce that right. Cannabacea? Cannabacea? Um, anyway. Good enough. You can go on CallieandFriends.com. It's C-A-L-L-I-E and spelled out friends.com and you can pre-order the books and i highly recommend it because i think we need more of this sort of thing out there so what's your favorite thing so what age, what oh. age group are these books um, <laughs> um I, I don't think it actually says age groups to be honest with you um I don't know. I'm the person that will read pretty much any age group to my child because if it entertains him. I didn't know if it was like elementary or if it was like preteen or more elementary. Yeah. It might look for any it might be more elementary and oh, above. Okay. I mean they're picture books, it seems, but they might be a little bit more, I guess, advanced. Um anyways, nice well, to have it's never too early to start. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Putting that in the rotation. Anyway. Put it in there. Yeah. So we'll have a link to that, won't we? Absolutely. And we have a new website too that um, you'll be able to find us at your highnesspodcast.com. What? Yes, that's coming. I mean, it's still in rough stages, but hey, you can go there and listen to, to episodes and we have all our links on there too. Yay. So, yay. So my favorite thing is I, I know people probably get so mad at me because I do these interviews and then the interviewee's product is all of a sudden my favorite thing, but it truly is. So I had the extreme pleasure to interview Lizzie Post, who is the great, great granddaughter of the etiquette queen, Emily Post. And for all our millennials out there, they probably don't even know who Emily Post is, but she was kind of the go-to for etiquette. So if you were ever doing a party or you're going to somebody's house, you know, you wanted to bring a hostess gift or whatever it is, you really turn to Emily Post. Um, and so Lizzie has had uh, many years experience with cannabis and she was approached to possibly write a book on etiquette and cannabis. And she said that she was really surprised at all the different things that are out there. And, and people really had really strong opinions about what was good etiquette and what was bad etiquette. What I loved about the book though, and it's a great book to give as a gift, maybe to somebody who needs to be introduced to cannabis um, because she talks about the history and the culture shift and, you know, some of the lingo and some of the different smoking apparatuses. And, and then she talks about etiquette for sessions. Like if you're passing a joint and I, realized that I am so fucking rude because I think I smash the end of the joint, which you can't because it causes resin buildup and then you don't get a good hit, mm -hmm. right? I did not know that. And I think just, you know, sometimes we just squeeze a little too hard or whatever. Or like, um, what if you're past somebody's passing you a vape and you're like, I do not want to hit that because they've got cooties. So she said you would just hold it like a chillum. So, you know, just hold it like that and you don't have to put your lips to it. And I was like, wow, that is so crazy interesting. So her book is chock full of stuff like that. And I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to things like <laughs> this. So I really loved it. It's called Higher Etiquette by Lizzie Post. And you can get it on Amazon.com and we'll have a link on our website and on Podbean. But I would definitely encourage people to check it out. And this is a great gift for people to give out to others. I know that it's going to be on my Christmas list. I'm going to be giving it to so many people because I loved it. And it was an easy read. And one of our, our guests, uh, Emma Chasen, who we love, 
uh, she actually was one of the consultants and consulted her and gave information a lot about just, you know, cannabis and the cannabinoidal system and, you know, the THC and the different strains and all these different things. So it's a, it's a book that's chock full of information. So should we go into? Yes, let's do that. Why don't you start us off? (laughs) All right. So we are going to talk about something that I'm very sensitive to, uh, which is age and cannabis, age in the workplace, Mm -hmm. in cannabis workplace, I guess we should say. And yes, of course, I'm sensitive. I'm 55 years old. And a lot of these people in this space are, you know, in their 20s, early 30s. And I feel like an ancient dinosaur. But I know that I bring gifts Mm -hmm. to the table. Right. Because, you know, when you hire an older um, cannabis worker or somebody who has tons and tons of experience, you get a lot more than you probably um, bargain for in a positive way. Right. So with a, an older um, person, you're, they're going to come to the table with tons of work experience. Right. Like, look at you and your previous right. life experience. I mean, one of the most common things I see, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just thinking oh, no, no, that this is um, very relevant because everyone I speak to who I'm assuming is over 30, otherwise I'm just going to go run into oncoming traffic right now. But um, <laughs> they all seem to have, you know, so much life experience from all these different industries. And that's the thing that I came to cannabis with is that, you know, I've always been a cannabis user, but I never thought that it could connect to being a cosmetologist, a marketing expert, a writer, a mother, a chronic pain patient, things like that. Like almost every element of my life and life ex- and work experience, which I mean, we'll talk more about the life thing, but like the work experience all the things that I've done all culminate into this cannabis space, you know, and it's, it's, and I hear a lot of other people say that too. Like they've finally been able to do, take all of their work experience and, and apply it to just one thing, which is really cool. Yeah, I think. No, definitely. And I think that I was just talking to a woman, she um, actually worked at Apple uh, in their was pretty high up in their marketing department for nine years. And her specialty is storytelling. And I was talking to her and she wanted to get into the cannabis space. And she said, oh, should I go be a bud tender? And I'm like, well, what's your work experience? And she told me, I'm like, absolutely not. You don't need to be a bud tender. What you are doing right now is completely relevant to the cannabis space because she can help cannabis brands tell their story in a way that translates to sales for them. So she was really excited, but it's like, you don't even know what you have until you start talking about it and really like going, okay, well, what have I done and how can this translate and what are people doing? Because at the end of the day, it's still, cannabis is still a business. So a lot of the normal business, you know, rules and, and like marketing and social media, well, not so much social media, but marketing and things, they do apply, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like storytelling that most definitely applies. The elements Um, of it, the rules, not so much because, because the rules are very different. Right. Thank you. Thank you. The elements. (laughs) Right. I think that there, (laughs) that the cool thing is though, when you're of a certain age, you're able to finally say like, okay, I can take all of this. If you're like me and you change your mind every so years about your, (laughs) your path, you know, and you think how, how could this ever all relate to each other? Well, get into cannabis. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Um, it really does. And it really so does. the next thing is maturity, which seems pretty obvious, but I think it's not so obvious all the time <laughs> because there are, right. of course, broad, we shouldn't be painting broad strokes. There are very immature older people out there and there are very mature younger people. So it's not really a measurement of the age, Definitely. but after a certain point, once your frontal lobe is formed all the way, you do be you do gain some sort of maturity, <laughs> which I think is very important in this industry because we already have so many uh, built-in laughs involved with this. You know, easy, low-hanging right. fruit. Right. It's you know, stoner. Uh, eat all the junk food. Uh, you know. <laughs> Well, and those people are still out there. I mean, right. they're in dispensaries. You know, you go to one dispensary and you get someone who that is their attitude. You go to another dispensary and they're like, well, tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me what you like to enjoy. And, you know, they get more of your history and they really try to help you. But definitely, I think the maturity comes with like somebody my age, like I'm pretty immature, but you have a maturity when it comes to, you know, how, what your expectations exactly. should be, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a maturity in how you respond. Right, and you can rise above all the jokes and and all the and all the humor and the misinformation out there. And you can logically have a conversation with someone and say, "Okay, where are these misconceptions coming from?" You know, instead of just being like, "Ah, I just want to smoke my pot all the time." You know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think you have a little more um, patience too as you get older. Like you, you're a little more understanding. You can be a little more compassionate when you're younger. And I'm so guilty of this when I was younger. I mean, it's you're just in a different space mm-hmm. in your 20s. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. I think we can all agree about that, right? Except for the 20 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, just um, yesterday I was interviewing someone for the podcast, and we talked about. Um, how going to these events is so different with cannabis because you see people smoking in these professional settings, but it's such a a wonderful experience because unlike other arenas where they're offering alcohol, which has been my experience in early twenties in business where I think this, this maturity plays into this because I've made some mistakes at these work events because of alcohol (laughs) and I'm not, (laughs) And I'm not judging anyone who drinks or anything like that, but I feel like the awesome thing about cannabis and maturity and, and being in this space is that you can say, okay, I know that I am much better person with just a little bit of this strain or this, you know, edible, you know what you can deal with and you're, you're able to carry yourself still with some dignity. (laughs) Right. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, you don't have that pressure to keep drinking, right. you know, if you have something in your hand. Right. If you're somebody who drinks. So, and that's why I love a vape pen. Exactly. Yeah. That's why a vape pen is so great. Oh, yeah. And so the next one is life knowledge. So I know you've got a lot to say on this, so I'm just going to kind of punt it to you to start on that one. I mean, we yeah, basically what I was saying earlier is that uh, this space and being older is really great when you look at everything that you are you know if you're a patient who deals with chronic pain anxiety any kind of mental health issue or whatever it may be because there's so many different things it could be a skin problem it could be you know there's there's so many different applications for cannabis and hemp and cbd so um being able to take everything that you are and 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 all your actual life experience you're a patient you're a mother you're um 
you know, an entrepreneur, there's all of these layers, it hits, you know, and you're able to take it and, and actually make the big picture apply to your whole life. Or does that even make sense? But you can, yeah. I always like to say the whole plant equals the whole picture, right? Like you, you look at the big, the big picture of what this plant can do and apply it to your whole life. It really opens up a lot of opportunities. Well, right. And like, I, I think we should just group the next one into the same conversation because it's all about cannabis experience. And like, so I grew up in the seventies and the experience that I had with cannabis then wasn't necessarily a personal experience. It was a family experience, right? Cause I had aunts and uncles that got high. My parents got high, but hit it. But my aunts and uncles were all, you know, and cousins, it was more open. And so there was a, a different vibe with it. And then you go into the nineties and you've got dare, and so you have people with that experience. And, and that's a really interesting experience. Right. I always like talking to people like you who've had the D.A.R.E. experience. You know, I'm too old for that, but my son had the D.A.R.E. experience. And just what a joke that was because it didn't stop oh, anybody. I know. But I think it created a lot more problems than I, I know it did because I've done research. It created way if someone is yeah, here, baby G says he's it did. angry from the womb, you know, because I talk about this so often. Um, <laughs> but yes, I mean that whole thing was a joke. It was not a funny joke, but it, 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 it was so damaging. And I mean, we're still suffering the damages. I think. I think that there's so many misconceptions that still exist that ruin family relationships and other relationships because people just hold on to these weird beliefs you know and that the spring from that time and it's like okay take all the diet pills you want and everything else like chemically that's going to destroy your body but don't you dare mess with this plant that's completely natural <laughs> you know <laughs> like, well i think that, that was the problem right is that people turned more to prescription and and turned completely away from cannabis thinking it was this quote drug not realizing that the prescribed drugs were way more serious than and, and now we're dealing with that fallout plus we culturally like you're talking about earlier um about how the aids epidemic was handled and how you know there was so many misconceptions tied to drugs and aids and Coincidentally, they were treating AIDS patients with uh, cannabis, medical cannabis, right? I mean, it's just well, to help. Them. I mean, there's so yeah. many things. If you look deeper, it's like, wow, can <laughs> wow, you know what what a mess that all was. But I mean, we've all learned things from it, hopefully. And and like you said, each generation has learned something different or had a different experience culturally with with cannabis, and just yeah. Well, and also, I wanted to. I, pop in and say also cancer is another one because that's really what brought me back to cannabis was my stepfather getting um, cancer. And you realize in that space where nothing's working, you want them, your family member to feel relief and cannabis is what you turn to. And, and, and thankfully, you know, he wasn't a cannabis smoker, but thankfully he did towards the end of his life to get relief and better and, quality mm -hmm. and some enjoyment in his life and better quality right. of life. Definitely. And so that that's another thing, like for me personally, that's what brought me back to it. So whatever it is that brings you into it, it's something mm -hmm. that's a value because it's, mm -hmm. your, it's your story, like, you know, your life knowledge, your life story, but it's also your experience and other people have that same experience and it's really relatable. But yes, I mean, that's the other element of the life experience and being older. We've all gone through something at this point after right. 30. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee that 
we've all had someone in our lives suffer a very serious illness or or we've dealt with a serious illness and we've had to change our whole way of thinking. I mean, because like I said, I was always a cannabis user and I always used it for, you know, migraines and things like that. But I didn't make the association that Crohn's could actually be cured possibly by cannabis until it was like a light bulb went off and I was watching this documentary. <clears throat> I think it was actually the 420, 420, the documentary um, about how 420 came about. And this activist was talking about how he was so overcome with nausea and, and, and his vomiting was so bad that he couldn't eat anything. And I mean, he was just suffering so badly and until he got his hands on cannabis and it was like, it just struck a nerve because that's a similar experience with me with Crohn's. And I was thinking, Oh my God, I didn't, you know, I mean, you just right. don't think about it really that it could have that much possible, that much of a, a curing potential, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that among many things, just even like for mothers with um, postpartum just depression, you know, um, having that as an option. I mean, that was never discussed as an option until recently. It's still um, very know, openly taboo. Because it's such a taboo. Subject. It's, it still is, even for cancer. It's shocking how many doctors don't so support shocking. cannabis. Um, it, it really is because Rick Simpson oil has been uh, like a miracle for a lot of cancer patients and for doctors not to not want to explore that is just mm -hmm. really disappointing absolutely um all of those things you bring to the table as an older worker give me one second he's playing in the background. Sure. <laughs> oh my god i can't get away from that child it. all right hold on I hate these stupid things. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. So those are our four. And I apologize for having this super vocal baby in the background. Uh, it was nice. It was a good change to have baby G as one of our little co-hosts today. I hope that we didn't drive people crazy, but I think people love hearing a baby who's happy and excited to be so. a part of this space <laughs> with us. We appreciate you for listening and supporting us. And if there's anything we can do to make this, um, our conversations more accessible, if there's any topics that you can think of that we should tackle, please reach out to us. And um, if you can rate us on iTunes, we really would re appreciate that. Yeah, that goes a long ways. And I just want to say really quickly, we have two amazing guests coming up on the show. One is Terry Gorman. She's out of Hawaii. Um, she is the owner of Maui Grown Therapies, which is a dispensary. She's also uh, president of the Maui Native Chamber of Commerce. Um, she's just got a lot going on and she's got a lot of really wonderful things to share out of um, Hawaii. And then we also have Carol Shoshona and Carol... Um, has her jewelry, her cannabis jewelry line featured at Barney's and their new, um, what is it called? I can't remember what the high section is called, but it's something like high life. Um, but that's really exciting. She has an amazing um, kind of philosophy on design, on jewelry and on cannabis. So be sure to listen into these. They're two really wonderful experienced women. They're a little bit older like me. 
got lots of experience to share, and I think that everyone's going to cool. enjoy that. Um, yes, I look forward to hearing those interviews, and um, we appreciate you again if you're listening, and we appreciate the support. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Woman-owned and operated, Peak Extracts was the first adult-use edibles producer licensed in Oregon and currently holds a position as the number two cannabis chocolate manufacturer in the state. Originally founded in the Oregon Medical Marijuana Program in 2014, Peak Extracts is locally owned and based on principles of quality and integrity. Each product is made using a proprietary in-house turf block extraction process that retains the character and effects of the original material. Their hypoallergenic topical spell, Rescue Rub, is critically acclaimed and based on an exclusive combination of traditional Chinese herbal medicines used to treat inflammation, pain, and blunt force trauma. Peak Extract's new vaporizer cartridges feature a focus on CBD, terpenes and cbg and are the only co2 cartridges available in the market that retains 95 percent or more of the original terpenes and flavonoids peak extracts best-in-class creations are found in more than 150 carefully selected retailers across oregon find your peak www.peakextracts.com that's peakextracts.com our guest today is Carlos Shoshona. Carol is an acclaimed designer, health and wellness expert, pioneering entrepreneur, and the only American woman to hold the distinction of Feng Shui Grand Master. She even had her portrait painted by Andy Warhol at the factory in New York City. Carol began her interior design firm in New York and Los Angeles, and now celebrities, Fortune 500 companies, prominent hotels, and cultural institutions regularly call for her expertise. Carol's chic cannabis jewelry collection is a statement on the healing powers of cannabis and is now on display at Barney's groundbreaking cannabis lifestyle shop, The High End. Without further ado, here is Carol. So, Carol, I am so, so excited to be talking to you today. And I just think we should just jump right into it. You've got such a rich history. There's so much to talk about, and I don't want to run out of time. So can you just share with us a little bit about your history and how you came to cannabis? Absolutely, and it's wonderful to meet you, Leah, and share uh, all the delights that you offer and <laughs> to sharing it with you. Uh, well, actually, um how did I begin with cannabis or how did I yeah. begin with feng shui? <laughs> Let's start with cannabis because you have a really fun story that I'd love for you to share about your beginnings with cannabis. Okay. Well, cannabis and I met years ago. I was a dancer and years ago, uh, many of my friends used to smoke. And so I used to roll the joints and I was great at that, sifting and rolling. <laughs> and I was the one designated driver. <laughs> so I was the one that always made sure everybody was getting home uh, but I just enjoyed the beauty of the plant and um, as a feng shui master and this is where the two meet uh, it's all about nature and nature mm -hmm. provides us with so many great uh, forms and medicinal properties that we can use for visual arts or what I call the yin and yang uh, mm -hmm. I feel cannabis can help certain ailments of the mind from depression to balancing emotions and certainly in the body where you might be just needing some soothing creams or going through different types of programs for cancer that you need alternative healing. And I right. think cannabis really 
fits right in. So I'm very much about the wellness of the plant. And I feel so many people just don't know. They just take it for when you're back in the 60s and 70s about getting Uh stoned. And Uh uh, that was the beginning with me being introduced to it. But Uh now um, I'm part of trying to enrich and really bringing forth the wellness part of it. It's so important. Well, and it's really great that Barney's, which is a store I would never have thought would have their own cannabis section, but now Barney's is carrying your jewelry. And you started well, with Barney's doing jewelry, right? Well, yes. And, I, I, you know, so many people say that's so strange. But what's wonderful about Barney's, and I really salute them on this, as you know, I'm quite spiritual. And my jewelry really is about spiritual connection from whether it's meditation, it acts as a reminder, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Barney's always embraced the unique, the artist, mm-hmm. and in that I celebrate. So to me, yeah, it is the next step, and I think that their eyes are wide open, and they certainly see where um, the wellness, as far as that goes, also the stoners, and even with stone uh, being a stoner, uh, you know, I have such a bad rap, and we've spoken before, Leah, that mm-hmm. people uh, will endorse how one can have cocktails and wines and such, and that's fine and gets drunk. But right. yet, if you smoke a joint, mm, that's bad. And I mm-hmm. think you really have to educate and really, as things are going out, we're learning to balance, and that's a perfect thing. Oh, definitely. And so. You have amazing jewelry. I mean, we'll have um, some pictures on social media if it's not up already. And I just wanted to just kind of go back a little bit and go back to your history with stones because you have a really beautiful story with your grandmother and how she brought stones into the country and how she kind of influenced you. Ah, so you remember. Uh, Well, my grandmother came from Russia, and when she left for Russia, uh, of course, they didn't have money, and they were going abroad. And I I have to say, I celebrate these women. They didn't have family here, and they Mm -hmm. just board the ship, and off they go. And they had no fear. It's not great. So she sewed some stones into her skirt, And uh, she came here, and she married my grandfather, and every Sunday she would show me different stones. We passed jewelry stores, and she'd explain the different stones, the history of the stones. And that was my introduction, so to speak, about the energy of the stone. And uh, later in the course of years, living abroad, being in Hong Kong, I learned the Asian philosophy of uh, stones, American, Indian, Japanese, Chinese, Mm -hmm. all different cultures from Italian, French. Uh, We all share Mother Nature, and everyone has a story about the stone. And also what I love about jewelry, uh, wearing jewelry will connect one to the past, but also it echoes a celebration or the person that gave it to you. So to me, mm-hmm. jewelry is a very, very personal uh, energy. Yeah, I want to I want to read a quote if you don't mind that you, that I read recently, and I, I just loved it. And you say, "I design each piece of my collection as a life compass for the person wearing it to provide protection and blessings as they go through the art of life, 
Wearing each piece also acts like a reminder of your desired life path. Just like an artist has an intention on what they want to portray, my jewelry should be used for that same purpose. And I thought that was so beautiful because this jewelry really is more than just an accessory. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I do come from feng shui, which is, and that's where uh, I had spoken about it, uh, where we use the compass for different directions, north, south, mm-hmm. east, west. And uh, the story goes, uh, all the um, uh, paths of life go into the cardinal directions. And actually, the bagua, it comes off the turtle's back, that shape. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom of longevity is always associated with the tortoise. So I always felt for myself that uh, jewelry should be a life compass. And I used uh, the coin uh, mm-hmm. as a uh, uh, a piece of jewelry to hold on to. It's almost my hand and your hand. And it gives you a tool for meditation to take a reminder, reminding you to take a breath, a reminder you promised that you would slow down or reminder to call your daughter or your mom. So I feel sometimes we go through situations and we don't know where we're going, but mm-hmm. it's very important to chart your path so you begin understanding what it is, what you're desiring, and you set course to it. Oh, that's so beautiful. And and the jewelry is, I mean, when you look at it, it's just so grounding, and especially the Thank coin, you. because the coin is also heaven and earth. Isn't that what you were telling yes. me before? That- so the circle and square is heaven on earth, and the circle and square is a reminder of what your dreams, what your ambitions are, of what you want to do. Uh, and heaven is here. You don't have to wait to go there. So uh, it's a very, very important. Oh, my God. It's also, uh, when you use the coin in Asian Uh culture, it's uh, protection. It symbolizes protection. So it's no different than the evil eye. A lot of my jewelry is symbolic. It will have the coin. It will have the eye. It will have a snake. It has different symbols, and it's all about serenity peace and uh, protection, mm-hmm. creating abundance in one's life. Yeah, and it's beautiful how you incorporate the cannabis element into this jewelry, too. I can't wait for listeners to see it. Um, it's just so beautiful. and So they can buy this at Barney's, and which I think is so great, and like we said earlier, but what do you hope that Barney's new cannabis section will have um, what effect do you think it will have on the industry? Well, I think it already has had it. Uh, I think, number one, it's educating, which is so wonderful. I think it's very, very important, once again, as we began, Leah, that people recognize the benefits of it. And I think Mm -hmm. in stores such as Barney's, it helps educate the consumer. There are people to uh, ask questions to. And Mm -hmm. also, it brings up a better grade of cannabis to the market. It's much safer. Definitely. Right. And as we discussed also with edibles, what you're mm -hmm. trying to achieve Mm -hmm. is certainly trying to get that there's more in the packaging that people have the education of knowing what the ingredients are, what they, Mm -hmm. you know, what they can benefit. And also certain cannabis will lift the spirit, certain um, cannabis also will help you sleep better Mm -hmm. and others will uh, pep you up. So I think the more educated we are, 
uh, we can make our selections uh, with a little bit more information. Right, and that's really important. So you you kind of touched on it when you said you were a feng shui master, but I, I'd really like to go a little bit deeper into that. So you were at a very young age when you were in China and you started studying feng shui, and this was back when feng shui was not what it is today, which is very popular and used all around. So can you just share with me, like, what some of your biggest hurdles have been and how did you overcome them? Well, I'm laughing in a way because uh, Jerome Robbins with TV uh, is certainly uh, – Jerome Robbins, I was in West Side Story in the movie version uh, oh. when I met my husband. And it seems throughout my life, I've always had to confront polarities. Uh-huh. Uh, and what I mean when you go to an audition, and those of you, whether you're singing, dancing, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you're standing there and you're always hearing too hot, uh, too short, too tall, too fast, too thin. You're never oh my right. Gosh. Uh, oh my you're, you're never right. So from a very early age, uh, I accepted rejection. It wasn't a problem to me. And I always wanted, in fact, it always challenged me. And it always inspired me. And that's the word, inspiration. So Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, oh, my God, I don't fit in, it was, oh, my God, I'm going to turn that no to a yes. So it began with dancing. And then, of course, the second stage was feng shui. How better can you get? (laughs) Uh, So when I began with feng shui, oh, I became too woo-woo. I was this. I was that. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. once again, uh, I was it wasn't accepted. So guess what? Now I'm with cannabis and what am I hearing? The same story. So um, you have to push the envelope. You have to educate. And uh, to me, it's more about having the passion within yourself in what your belief is. And Mm -hmm. if you're coming from a pure heart and one of joy and one that you really love what you do, You'll cross over and get that no into a yes. Well, it took you two years to get your jewelry into Barney's. It wasn't <laughs> like Barney's said. We got there. We got yeah, there. Yeah, we did. And I love that <laughs> we because got there. you didn't give up. And I think that that's really good advice for our listeners that even in all of the sea of no's, there's always a yes waiting for you. Yes. And I also believe uh, life is short. This Mm -hmm. is a very short ride. It really is. So we have to have fun. We have to have passion. We have to have belief in ourselves. But most importantly, we have to hold hands with others that have similar beliefs and are trying to do a similar story. Hence the reason I'm here, Leah, and Mm -hmm. um, sharing my knowledge, you're sharing your knowledge, and what a wealth of information to give one another. And, uh, you know, as they say, the beat goes on. So uh, it's it's great. And it's exciting. Uh, I happen to be very curious. I imagine you are too, and a lot mm-hmm. of people out in your audience are. And that curiosity gives us life. And it gives us the time to explore, to learn, learn different cultures, learn different scents, learn different directions. And even in doing work, I always believe you have to do for work. It shouldn't be work. It should be something that you really enjoy. And then work isn't a problem. Right. That is so true. And it's a good reminder because we're all doing most of us in this space are doing something that we love and we're, and we're working because we have passion, but we forget that when we get stressed and overwhelmed. 
That well, I think part of having cannabis uh, being such a part of my story now, uh, I feel, you know, combining the yin and the yang, the balance point is what I call compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very, very important word for cannabis. It's mm-hmm. compassion, compassion for others and not judgment. It's enjoying, understanding, wanting to learn more and learning what works for you and not to judge others because other people, they have their story too. Right. And that's important too when you're trying to share it and people are like, no, no, it's not for me. We just have to be open to that and not and not judgmental about it. Well, we had a couple of last year, one time when I shared the story with you that I was speaking about cannabis and a friend of mine looked at me and she said, oh, good Lord, how could you speak so positive <laughs> about cannabis? And I looked at her as she was holding a glass of wine in her hand. And I said, well, tell me the difference between wine and having a joint. Uh, you know, if you're seeking to get high, you're going to get high, whether it's on alcohol or cannabis. But actually, to be quite frank, the person that's with cannabis is more balanced than staggering around and being drunk. Uh, right. But if people are compulsive, yes, they're going to overindulge. And that's right. not what I'm saying. But it right. is, once again, compassion and balance. Oh, that's so beautiful. So as a woman working in the industry, can you share with our listeners some advice about succeeding and thriving in this space? And you've kind of touched on it, and I'm just hoping you'll go a little deeper. Uh, well, I'm still trying to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. You are a success uh, in my book. You, I think you you can't say I'm there <laughs> because we're <it's> there. <laughs> right. That's true. That's a really good point. We're always striving to be better. So we're striving to be better. And the point is, uh, as I said, and we were speaking about, enjoy the process and have fun with it and just keep growing. And uh, you don't know one door opens to another, and you don't mm-hmm. know where the end is until it's over. So, you know, it's just, as I say, stay curious, stay excited, stay happy. Uh, for myself, I love beauty, beauty in nature, beauty in people. Mm-hmm. I love apparel. I love jewelry. And the reason I really love jewelry is uh, it personalizes. You're wearing the same outfit, but by jewelry, you will see how that outfit is so completely different. It takes on an altogether different note. Uh, some people will accessorize more uh edgy, some are more conservative, uh, and the look is yours, you know, and that's no different than accessorizing a home. Go into a home, and if there's no accessories, there is no you in it. It's right. a you point. It's a human point. Well, and I love, too, how you were saying about your jewelry. It brings, it's heaven and earth, you know, on you, and it brings you back. So, like, if you're getting stressed, just even pinching that little coin or the mar- or the cannabis leaf that's on it and bringing yourself back and reminding yourself. It is. It's a tool for meditation. It was given to me by my master. It became a very important part. It's part of my signature uh, for meditation or, as you had mentioned, uh, it's setting a compass for yourself. 
and it gives mm-hmm. you direction, and it's an assistant. So uh, I always say it's my hand in the other person's hand, not to fear and to move forward and uh, enjoy it. Uh, and the good part is uh, you can meditate and spend hours meditating uh, if you choose to, uh, or what I call boosting, and boosting is quite easy, and you can do it in a car, not driving, <laughs> but being a passenger. You can mm-hmm. do it on a plane, on a boat, on a train. Uh, you can sit on a park bench. You can sit on the grass and just give yourself that boost. You can be working and going into the bathroom and just taking a moment to breathe. It just mm-hmm. reminds you very much. Inhale, exhale. I love Take that. in, let go. Exactly. Take in, let go. That's great advice. So before we end, and God, I could talk to you for hours and hours, do you have anything specific to promote or a call to action? Anything I'm specific? very excited to be launching my web store under Shoshona Life. Uh, the website is up. The store should be launching around the 6th of May. So I'm very, very excited. But at the moment, I have blogs on the site. I also am on Instagram, which I'd love to hear from you, dear audience, and uh, share information. Uh, it's about lifestyle. It's about having fun and doing it and uh, enjoying each day. So there's little tips, and uh, certainly the bracelets and my jewelry uh, will be offered there. So uh, I hope you'll come visit. Oh, definitely. I mean, you have so much experience and so much knowledge, and I know our listeners are going to be so excited to listen to this, and they're going to take away so much from it, and I'm so excited about your show. I wanted to mention, Sure, uh, I had met Andy Warhol years ago, and uh, Andy did a portrait of me, which I know you know, Leah. Uh-huh. And he also, and the reason why I'm bringing it up, um, I think he brings out the campy or the funky in me, uh, <laughs> the pop art in me. Uh, right. So, um, and when I met Andy, um, he always also, uh, he always used people, art, for his work. So he was a mentor to me, besides my feng shui man, uh, master. So you wow. can see I had someone who was a pop artist, and I mm-hmm. also had a traditional feng shui master. So you have a wide potpourri of uh, mentors. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And you can find mentors in so many different places. And uh, as you know, I have my little dog, Tai Chi. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we meditate daily. So uh, he's my little buddy. So, and you do great work, Leah. You really oh, thank do. you so much. Thank you so much. Well, Carol, thank you so much for your time today. And I just want to just say your tagline, which I love, and it is live an extraordinary life by design. Words to live so by. true. <laughs> thank you so, so much. True. Thank you, Leah. I look forward to seeing you. Take care, dear audience. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy each day. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next guest is Terry Fridas Gorman, a Maui girl from Wailuku. Terry has more than two decades of executive experience in communications, community engagement, and education. Terry is the executive director of community relations and patient affairs of Maui Grown Therapies, one of only eight medical dispensaries in Hawaii. 
She currently serves as vice chair of the Hawaii Educational Association for Therapeutic Healthcare, the trade association for Hawaii's licensed medical dispensaries. She also serves as president of the Maui Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce. Without further ado, here is Terry. So Terry, I'm really curious, how did you go from a, a lucrative PR business to cannabis? Well, I've been involved in the communication sector for quite a long time, over 25 years in my career, and it's taken me internationally. I lived and worked in New Zealand. I also did some work in the Netherlands, uh, was in the mainland U.S., uh, on the East Coast and the West Coast. And I was fortunate to come home to Hawaii in 2005, and I was hired as vice president of corporate communications for Maui Land and Pineapple Company here. And, um, you know, with the changes in the economy and so forth, uh, I ended up leaving that position, starting my own PR firm, and everything was going well. And then I received a phone call from the uh, former CEO of Maui Land and Pineapple Company uh, asking me to have breakfast with him, which was not unusual because we would have breakfast mm -hmm. together uh, now and then. And But this was unusual because he said, I need you to sign a non-disclosure agreement before him. <laughs> it was like, what? So I went to this breakfast and there he was uh, with a very well-known physician here on Maui, Dr. Greg Park. And um, they told me about the uh, state of Hawaii was going to they that they had legalized a medical dispensary program and that they were they were thinking of applying for a license and would I like to be part of that project and I oh, wow it was completely uh unexpected I'll say that but I was very interested in it for a couple of reasons number one of course I think we all have family members who could have benefited from cannabis uh, folks mm -hmm. that, you know, battled pain and the side effects of chemotherapy if they had cancer and things like that. So that was, that was a big part of it. The other part of it was, I thought if this industry is coming to Hawaii and it's coming to Maui, uh, this is my island born and raised here, multi-generational family. I thought I want to be involved and make sure it's done the right way. So that's really what, um, got me into this industry. Well, and also you were saying um, before we started recording, there is a, a really rich history of plants in Hawaii. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, one of my um, friends and I also consider uh, teacher, mentor, advisor is uh, Kahuna La'au Lapa'au, which is a Hawaiian plant pr practitioner uh, that uh, tradition is passed down from generation to generation. And as a result of our friendship, I learned a lot about the Hawaiian approach to health. I think it's interesting uh, for folks who haven't been to Hawaii to know that uh, the Hawaiian islands have a very long uh, history of using plants for healing. A dear friend of mine who's also a teacher and a mentor is a kahuna la'o lapa'o, and he, he comes from a line of plant healers here in Hawaii. And because of our friendship, he explained to me the Hawaiian philosophy of using plants in healing. And um, Hawaiian healers look to use plants to gently nudge the body back into balance. And so when I started to study how, you know, cannabinoids work on the endocannabinoid system of, that humans and animals have, I realized mm -hmm. that that's exactly what this plant does. It kind of nudges the body back into balance. And the Hawaiian philosophy is that when the body is in a state of balance or attains what's called pono, uh, then, then health returns. 
And I was very interested in that, um, you know, the comparisons between the two, because of course, cannabis is not a traditional Hawaiian plant, but Mm -hmm. some of the concepts behind how it works medically very much matches up to the Hawaiian way of using plants to heal. That's amazing. You know, and I never knew that. So that's really interesting. So then obviously you, you get approached to, um, to possibly be involved in this dispensary and you already are like feeling really positive about cannabis. How then did the dispensary come to be? So we went through a very grueling process of uh, putting together our uh, license application. It was not just me. It was a huge team of people that worked on that license application. And we sent it in. Now, mind you, Hawaii is a fairly small state, and many of the folks know one another here, but we managed to kind of fly below the radar, so to speak. Uh, We submitted our application, I believe it was in January of 2016. And on April 29th, 2016, uh, we got the word that not only did we successfully receive a license, we also had the highest score in the state for our application. Wow. Yeah, we uh, scored 510 points out of possible 520 points on a merit-based application. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we were pretty happy about that. And what steps do you think, I mean, what, why, why do you think that you scored so high? What extra steps that do you think you were taking that others weren't? Well, I think there were a couple of things for sure. Number one was our company has always had a very uh, medical focus on what we're doing. Number two, uh, and this is probably the most important reason why we scored so high, we have uh, an amazing uh, medical and science advisory board that works with our company Um, providing us updates on the latest research on medical use of cannabis. Um, And some of the names people may know, maybe they don't, but uh, our chief science officer is the integrative medicine expert, Dr. Andrew Weil, out of the University of um, Arizona. And many people are unaware, but uh, Dr. Weil got his bachelor's degree in um, botany, and then went on to graduate from Harvard Medical School. So he's managed to combine his love of plants uh, with his interest in an integrative lifestyle. And uh, he conducted the first human trials on cannabis back in the 1960s. So um, he's certainly one of the pioneers in the field. Others on our science and medical uh, science and medical advisory board include Dr. Greg Park, who's an oncologist that's um, been on Maui now treating folks for 40 years. We also have Dr. Greg Yim, who's a pediatric neurologist um, from Honolulu, highly regarded internationally as an expert on uh, pediatric neurological disorders. Plus Dr. Uh, James Peake, who is the former Secretary of Veterans Affairs under the first President Bush. And he's a surgeon himself, uh, now retired from the Army, but very interested in cannabis medicine. And uh, there's others, but uh, no one that I absolutely have to mention is Michael Bacchus, the author of Cannabis Pharmacy, uh, who actually trains our staff and determines our curriculum to make sure that, you know, the information we get is current and it's accurate. Wow. I mean, that is a really rich, um, really rich with education and experience. Um and knowledge. Wow, that's amazing. So Maui Grown Therapies is the name of your dispensary. Where are you located um, in Maui? 
Well, we have two locations. Uh, the state of Hawaii has a vertically integrated program. And so we are required by law to uh, cultivate our own plants, to extract, to manufacture our products, and to dispense those products. Uh, the reason Hawaii has done this type of program is really to um, prevent diversion of product, but also to ensure that each dispensary has complete quality control from you know when the plants begin to grow to when they're sold. And we have a tracking system that takes it from by the time the plant gets to be 12 inches to when it gets sold in the dispensary. So that, of course, enables all the licensees to do a product recall if necessary, etc. Right. So you can really track it. So what kind of people are coming into your dispensaries? Is it older generation, younger generation? Yeah, people? it's timely question for us. We just did an analysis and about 55% of our patients are over the age of 50. Wow. They were the first early adopters, and uh, they're a rapidly growing segment, but we also have uh, patients who are under that age. So it's almost 50-50. It's about 55% of folks over 50. That's a large percentage. So do you um, have any programs to make it accessible to people who might, you know, not be able to afford, you know, dispensary prices? I'm sure, especially in Hawaii, are probably pretty high. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do just with the cost of living in Hawaii, to be sure. Right. But, uh, the, the cost of compliance in the state is not inexpensive. Uh, we are required mm-hmm. to have a large number of security um, programs built into our operation. And uh, the State Department of Health has uh, built quite a bit of redundancy into the program. Um, their foundation for establishing this program has always been product safety, patient safety, and public safety. So, um, you know, I, I Hawaii, I know a lot of people believe that Hawaii is a very progressive state, and it is when it comes to social issues. But Hawaii also tends to be a little on the conservative side when it comes to what are perceived as moral issues. So uh, mm-hmm. I think the state really uh, went on the very conservative way of introducing this program. And I think it's a good idea. We, we don't see the kinds of problems that um, other locations have seen. So is it hard to get a medical license in Hawaii? Uh, for a cannabis, cannabis dispensary license? Is that what you, is it difficult to get a cannabis dispensary license? In no, for a medical patient. So is it hard for a medical, like if I, if I'm living in Hawaii and I have um, issues and I want to purchase marijuana, is it hard to get a medical card? It's not hard, but it's a process. So uh, you have to apply online. It's an electronic process. Uh, You apply through the State Department of Health uh, website. And uh, the first thing is you have to identify that you have one of the qualifying conditions recognized by Hawaii. And uh, our list is a little shorter than other places, but uh, includes things like Lou Gehrig's disease, cancer, glaucoma, lupus, uh, seizure disorders, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, positive status for HIV, AIDS, PTSD, and or a chronic condition that uh, comes with 
severe pain, nausea, wasting away, those kinds of things. So um, that's a pretty wide net. That's that's nice. Yes. So um, after you uh, submit your application, you are required to see a medical doctor or advanced practice registered nurse who will confirm that diagnosis that you indeed do have a medical condition that allows you to use medical cannabis in the state of Hawaii. You pay a fee of $38.50, and within a couple of days, you receive your 329 card, is what we call it here, but you'll receive your 329 card um, through an email to a secure link that uh, your card is attached to, and you are able to bring your cell phone into any dispensary with your card, or you can also print it off and bring a paper uh, copy in. And that that electronic card is something very new. It just started in uh, last month. So. Oh wow! Yeah, it's very popular. So I was just reading, and I hope you can touch on this a little bit. There's now an out-of-state program. So let's say I'm a medical patient in California. I'm going to be visiting Hawaii. Um, there's a way that I can get my medication in Hawaii with this out-of-state program. Can you explain that a little? Yes, I'm happy to, because people who are planning to visit Hawaii for vacation um, need to get started before they leave for Hawaii. A lot of, not a lot, but we do have some people will wander into dispensary with an out-of-state medical card and saying, you know, I heard I can use this here. Uh, But there is a process that has to be completed before that's possible, and that's the 329 OSP program. Again, the process is similar, except that you will apply on the Department of Health website. You'll scan your medical card issued by your state, and that's an important part because I know in California, uh, for medical cannabis use, you also have the option of bringing a, a certificate or a letter from a doctor. That option is not acceptable in the state of Hawaii. You have to have a state-issued card to use medical cannabis in your home state. You'll scan mm-hmm. uh, You'll scan your photo ID issued by the same state, and you will sign an attestation saying that you were qualified for one of Hawaii's qualifying conditions. Um, once those materials have been uploaded, uh, there is a fee for the OSP card. I believe it's $49. And uh, the d- same process as with residents, the Department of Health will send a link to your email address, and that link will lead you to your electronic 329 OSP card. And that card is good for 60 days, uh, and it can be renewed once within a calendar year. And patients have the same rights and protections as Hawaii patients, the visiting patients. So they have the right to purchase and possess up to four ounces of cannabis every two weeks. Um, So it's really quite generous, the limits here in Hawaii, or the THC equivalent of four ounces. Right. Wow, that's really amazing because a lot of people vacation in Hawaii, and that's always a concern when you use cannabis for medical purposes and you have to travel. Um, so that's a real benefit. It really is. And, you know, um, I answered a lot of the calls from uh, folks on the continent uh, saying, hey, I'm coming to Hawaii. Can I shop in your place? And, you know, they would explain to me why they had a medical card. And some of these stories are pretty heartbreaking. So, you know, we were very grateful to our legislators for their compassion to allow this program to move forward and to our Department of Health for their work to get the program up and running as quickly as they could. So, 
yeah, we're very happy about that. But I was surprised to learn that there are some people who are in end-of-life care who love Maui and have chosen to uh, pass away on this island. And, you know, we fielded a few calls from folks like that saying that they would oh, like to wow. have to help with that process. So, Wow, that's amazing. And it's really interesting to hear that you have people calling you for help. So you're almost like a, a, a therapist in a way too, and trying to direct people. And so for your bud tenders, do you require, because because of this, this kind of um, actually piggybacks on one of the questions I had was that, so for your bud tenders, do you require special training or do you really arm your bud tenders with a lot of extra information because of these people like this coming who may have medical issues and really aren't even sure where to start? Yeah. So I think one of the distinguishing features of Maui Grown Therapies, uh, first of all, we don't have bud tenders. We have sales associates. Um, We think bud tender is a terminology that comes from the recreational culture, and we are not involved in that. So Mm -hmm. our sales associates and we have on staff patient education specialists whose sole job is to consult with patients when they come in get a good understanding of what they're hoping uh, to achieve through cannabis therapy. And then they guide them, uh, you know, work with them so they can titrate their own dosage. Many of our patients come in and they're completely cannabis naive, have never used cannabis before. Some of them have a little bit of anxiety about it. So it's really important that there is a knowledgeable, uh, friendly person to greet them and help them, you know, navigate through the options of medical cannabis therapies. But yes, um, Michael Bacchus, author of Cannabis Pharmacy, uh, trained our entire staff prior to opening. We had over 40 hours of training with him. Uh, he went through the various qualifying conditions, um, you know, which cannabinoids and terpenes seem to be most effective. Um, but also reminding folks that cannabis therapy is very personal and that uh, everybody's mm-hmm. personal personal experience with it will be different. So we're very aware of that. And we really ask patients to take control of their own care and their own health care and to be very um, diligent about you know, marking uh, effects and and how long it takes for them to feel effects and if there were any negative side effects that they didn't like so that we can help them manage that. That's incredible. That's such a great service too. And it's such a hot topic right now because you have people going into butt tenders or sales associates and expecting them to know everything. And as we know, you can't know everything, but it's really good to be armed with a lot of knowledge and to be able to help to guide people as much as possible. I agree. And, you know, my, my own sister uh, has a condition that uh, her physician, uh, she lives on the continent, her physician suggested she try cannabis. And she had a very unfortunate situation. Uh, she went in and I, I believe it was a medical dispensary, but there was a quote unquote bud tender behind the desk. And she said, you know, I have this. And he said, oh, you got to try this. It's super high in THC. It's really good on pain. Well, she was ca- cannabis naive, uh, went home. She didn't get any dosing guidance. She took mm. two had a very, very negative experience. She called me and said, I'm never, ever using this again. And I said, I am so sorry that happened to you. And I, you know, I kind of, we kind of talked about it within the company and said, we are going to ensure this never happens to any of our patients. Wow. Yeah. I don't like hearing stories like that because it just puts a mar on the industry. Right. So what was your first year like as as the first licensed dispensary in Hawaii? That must have been really 
kind of almost overwhelming? I, you must have been inundated with people and yeah, well, there there was a lot of learning going on that first year. Uh, this is a brand new program for Hawaii, a brand new program for our Department of Health, and we were the first licensee to open our doors. We opened on August 8th, 2017. Uh, of course, you know, opening day, you have the usual things happen that you don't <laughs> expect will happen. You know, blip is in the software. Uh, the law does not allow us to admit anybody in unless they've cleared the software. So, um, you know, the registry process and whatnot. So our first day was very exciting. Uh, and it was also a, a day of learning quickly on the <laughs> ground what real operations look like. But, you know, over time, we've been able to work with the Department of Health and things are working very smoothly now. And in, um, gosh, it was early 2017, I believe, um, the eight licensees came together and established a trade association. And that's really helped too, because we're kind of a mutual support group. We solve problems together and we work with the regulators. Yeah. So we work with the regulators and the legislators to kind of, um, you know, work through some of the bumps. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And and obviously it shows in how the, the laws are being changed, like with the out-of-state program. So is that the um, Hawaii Educational Association for Therapeutic Health? That's right. And okay. say, wow, you guys came up with such a long name, but you have to understand that during the time we came together, a lot of the dispensary companies were, you know, um, we had gone from getting ready to open to actually opening. And uh, of course, we all know the banking laws in the United States are what they are. And some of us were losing bank accounts over our intent to engage in um, schedule one substance business. And so when uh, when we came together, we said, okay, what are we going to call ourselves? And, and one of the members said, whatever it is, don't put cannabis or marijuana in it because they'll shut us down and everybody kind of laughed. So it's <laughs> how true. We put together the Hawaiian educa- Hawaii Educational Association for Licensed Therapeutic Healthcare. The moniker is health. And that was- Oh, that's right. Life. That's what I was missing. Licensed yeah. therapeutic so the moniker is health, but um, you know, it was meant to be kind of a temporary name, but then it kind of grew on us and we really like it because- we think it's so important to focus on the educational aspect of this. It really is because that's what's lacking. Um, just even for the older generation, how are you talking to that older generation to get them to feel comfortable with this? Because I know just in talking to people, that older generation is like, oh no, my doctor doesn't support it. I, I don't want to try anything that my doctor doesn't support. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an interesting question because when we, before we opened, we hosted a series of open houses uh, before we had product in the dispensary for a few reasons. We wanted people to come in and look at our dispensary because I think there's a lot of stigma and misinformation in people's minds still about cannabis therapy. And I think many of them thought it was going to look like a head shop or something, you know, with Bob Marley, right. whatever. <laughs> uh, when they came in, you know, our dispensary looks very much kind of like um, a spa type of environment. It, it could fit really well in any Hawaii resort, to be honest with you. So um, the open houses helped a lot. We had a lot of people come in just because they were curious and, we have a phenomenon in the Hawaiian Islands called the coconut wireless. It's faster and more effective than the internet. <laughs> People <laughs> should, 
here all the time. And I think once word got out on the coconut wireless, the other thing is that we um, did a lot of Q&A in our education room during that period of time. And so we found that there were a lot of adult children of older folks coming in to find out what this was, concerned about their parents' conditions and things like that, thinking this might be helpful. They would ask a lot of questions and then they would go away and then they would show up two, three weeks later with their parents. And the parents often wouldn't ask, but, you know, you could tell the kids were asking questions on their behalf. And I think that made them feel more comfortable. So we certainly had our early adopters. And then through the miracle of the coconut wireless, you know, they told their neighbors, friends, relatives, whatever. And I think our patient base has really grown through word of mouth, because people say, oh, no, it's not what you think it is. You should go in there and see. So we've had a number of people come in that I was surprised to see in there. But, you know, people have health problems and they, they want to feel better. And they know other people that have um, made progress through cannabis. And so many of them are willing to take a chance. Oh, it's wonderful to hear. So I just want to point out, you are such an amazing um, inspiration for women in this space. You had a PR um, firm, which you're still a partner in, um, and you said you're not that active, but still you are a partner in it. And then you've got your dispensary, and you're also president of the Maui Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce, and you're the vice chair of the Health Association, the Trade Association. What advice do you have for women who want to pursue a career in cannabis? Well, um, the first thing I would say is that whether whatever you pursue your career, career in, whether it's cannabis or non-cannabis, I think women just generally take on a lot. Um, and for me, um, service to the community is very important to me. I'm, I'm concerned about the the younger generation of Hawaiians coming up now. Um, the cost of living here has increased rapidly. And, you know, one of the one of the motivations to get involved in the cannabis industry is I saw this as a clean, green um, career path for folks who wanted to, to, you know, who born and raised here want to stay here. I saw this as a viable, potentially high paying sector to get involved in. So, um, that's why my involvement in the Maui Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce, although that precedes my time with Maui Growing Therapies, is just a personal passion that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but for women who are trying to juggle, you know, service to their family, service to their employer, um, to the community, you know, I, I wish I had some magical answer to, for you, but I don't. Um, my life tends to be, you know, constantly too much going on here, too much going on there. And then, you know, you try and catch up on your so-called free time. And so now you no longer have free time. And, you know, I think that's uh, one of the big mistakes that uh, career women make, or even women who are full-time mothers make. And that is, you know, not knowing how to say no, or not knowing how to balance uh, commitments that you have. I, I wish I had a great answer, but I don't, you know, you just <laughs> do the best you can on a day-to-day basis and get through it. <laughs> well, I think that's, that uh, doing what you love, like you said, being of service to the community, because when you speak about it, you can tell that you really, it, it is a passion of yours. And I think that sometimes it's easy to juggle what we're doing because of that passion. Um, and it, and it really shows in all the different things that you're involved in. 
Well, the other the other big secret is both of my uh, kids, uh, my daughter's graduating from college next month, and my son is already in the career world. So, you know, it's very different when you have uh, kids living at home. They have to come That's first. True. They always have to come first. That's, that is true. So we've taken up so much of your time, and I so appreciate it. And before we close, I just wanted to ask, do you have anything specific to promote or a call to action for our listeners? I do, actually. So anybody who's thinking about coming to Hawaii on vacation, I would highly recommend that, um, you know, you do visit a Hawaii state licensed dispensary while you're here if you have a medical card. Uh, I think you'll find the environment and the level of professionalism to be very refreshing. Um, you know, uh, in addition to Maori grown therapies, we have seven other licensees, one on the island of Kauai. Um, we have three on the island of Oahu. Most people will know that is Honolulu. There are two on the island of Maui, and there are two on the big island, Hawaii Island. So whichever island you're planning to to visit, please do stop by one of the state licensed dispensaries and see what we have to offer. Well, thank you so much, Terry. It's just been such a pleasure, and I'm so excited to come to Hawaii now. I've never been, so Tika talking to you, I'm like, gosh, I want to go I want to go to this dispensary. I want to go check this out. And having such a pedigree board too. I mean, I, I can't wait to visit your dispensary. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, we owe all of our success to our fantastic advisors. They really, they really keep us on the, they keep us on the right path, I guess is the way to say. And uh, also to our patients, they're so wonderful and they give us you know, tremendous feedback on our products. We're, we're, one of our uh, values is continuous improvement. So we're constantly speaking with our advisors and with our patients to improve our products on an ongoing basis. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much um, for taking the time. And uh, I know that everybody enjoyed this as much as I did. It's just been wonderful talking to you. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Leah. It was so nice to talk with you today. Thank Aloha. you. <laughs> Aloha. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. That's Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. Thanks again.